Psychology Podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. In this week's episode that focuses on Ayurveda, I want to continue our chat around transitioning moments in life. And I know that I've spoken about seasonal changes and how to go through these seasonal changes in the best possible way in the past, but I want to turn the, let's say, perspective a little bit differently today. I want to explain why seasonal rituals really are about keeping vata in balance. So before starting something new, a new sequence, let's say, something new that you do, in many spiritual traditions and very much in the different Vedic practices, so from the Hinduistic schools, there would be a habit of a sankalpa or a prayer, if you will, We could say an intention. Kalpa means formation. And so sankalpa means creating, forming, right? Or visualizing with intention. This would be such a simple thing as the prayer maybe before starting a meal that exists in many different ways and forms depending on cultures, traditions, beliefs, countries, or the even nighttime prayer, the morning prayer, of course, that we find in many parts of the world, basically because the idea is that where your attention goes, your energy flows. So intention is the conscious way of directing your pran your energy. What is aggravating vata? It is anxiety. And what is anxiety? It is really the non-controlled direction of our attention. It means it's really high vata. It's imagination used in a destructive manner. How could things go wrong? Worst case scenario kind of reflection. Anxiety really is foreseeing yourself suffering in the future. Let's understand, of course, that this happens quite naturally if we don't choose to do it differently, simply of survival instinct. Why would that be the case? Well, I've spoken about it several times in the past and even last week of this focus of our brain on an economical use of our energy, our prana. Our past experiences leave traces inside of us. 
in the body, in the subconscious mind, and therefore also in the subtle level, on a mental and emotional level. And these traces in Ayurveda, we would call them samskaras. We can also translate that into past impressions. For instance, to turn this into a positive way, the reason we love to watch over and over again certain movies, for instance, or to read one same book plenty of times is actually due to these past impressions that we have. They left traces on us that made us feel a certain way. So really, when we go for it, it's not the, the book in itself or the movie that we're really seeking. Potentially, we know it by heart, so we could even just imagine from the beginning to the end inside of our minds. Yet we choose to watch or read the words. Because what we're seeking really is what we experienced as we read or watched. Really, all our addictions are exactly this. It's the seeking of a certain state that we were in, well, really the very first time we experienced it. And this is, of course, why we keep doing it, because actually we can never really be just in that perfect state again. So we will always want more. It always leaves us hanging, wishing we could get it again and again, just a little bit more similar to that very first time. And if we keep seeking a certain thing, it is because there is a memory of that state. So it's already in us, it's even active, let's say, inside of us. Now, for instance, if I would turn this to the negative side, if we have deeply rooted impressions, these samskaras, of the feeling of anger, we easily go back and activate our anger in different moments, maybe even as soon as we wake up because it is so quickly accessible. We could even say that we actually identify with that emotional state. And this is, of course, even if we don't want to feel angry, it's beyond our conscious action of feeling anger. It's the traces of these past impressions that just quickly bring us there. And if we don't learn to practice the opposite, our brain will just quickly, easily go back there. The same way that it will easily go into the anxious state of seeking what possibly could go wrong. So unless we actually practice to not focus on what will go wrong, but instead on what will go right, our brain will easily go into an anxious state. I'm saying all of these things simply to create an understanding in you on why it is so common to see in spiritual practices of different kinds of rituals and why it is a good idea to have prayers, to set an intention, to have a sankalpa. This will therefore explain to each and one of us why 
there are moments in the year where traditions since many generations repeat a specific procedure almost as if it's a rule of actions to take one after the one after the other to be practiced in a specific way and it can be very detailed it is what we would call a ritual of something so the reason that we do that then is because that in itself if you will is directing our attention where we want it to go so that the energy flows there setting ourselves up for success if you will decreasing the natural tendency of our mind to go towards anxiety because of course what is coming in the future is something that we cannot grasp just yet in the sense that it is in front of us right so when it is in front of us and not necessarily graspable <laughs> we can't grasp it it has a potential of how well going one way or another therefore there's an uncertainty in that and as soon as there is an uncertainty that we are prone for going into into the anxiety mode so by having this procedure of preparing ourselves to set ourselves up for feeling as if we're kind of controlling the situation as much as possible by choosing this is where i want to direct my attention so that my energy goes in that direction is a way for human beings since generations to deal with the potential anxiety state therefore this is what we do to balance vata as i was saying a little bit earlier on what is higher vata really well it is anxiety um there's um practices in ayurveda of the different treatments where um warm oil is being poured to different parts of the body it can be on the forehead can be on crown of the head and it can also be around the navel around the navel supposedly i'm saying supposedly because i have not experienced it myself i haven't had that opportunity yet that treatment will calm vata because it calms the navel area it is the seat of vata to a certain extent i'm not being too detailed here because well really we would say that vata resides in the colon so further down actually but if you will the navel area is really warm and safe when we're in our mother's womb which is one state where vata is never at risk of being out of balance as well as of course when we are dead there is no more movement of the system so if we take that and just the end information about it basically there's two moments in our lives when for sure there will not be any issues of imbalance in vata it is in our mother's womb and it is once we have completely stopped to move as well then we know that in those two moments vata makes our body safe when would be the opposite of that when would be the moments where vata is making our body feel unsafe 
Well, of course, when we are not in these two very stable environments. Or even more so, when we don't even recognize our environment. What would be moments where we don't recognize our environment? Well, of course, when our environment is changing, such as going through seasonal changes, for instance. In these moments, it is really favorable to adapt the practices that balances, therefore, our vata. A really good way to help to balance our vata in these moments is by understanding that principle of our deeply rooted past impressions. Use it wisely, therefore with intention, for instance, such as setting ourselves up in a situation to trigger that good feeling, that safe feeling, instead of, on the contrary, letting past impressions of bad memories from transitioning moments take over and create anxiety. If you will, we have a natural harmony in the body and we could call that really the play of the yin and the yang or the feminine and the masculine energies inside of us. There's a constant kind of adjustment between the two of stress and relaxation. Stress hormones, sexual hormones, cortisol, estrogen, for instance. When they are not in sync with each other, we notice this in a in imbalance. We can obviously quite easily detect um, which is too active at one time and which seems to be dormant. If we are high intensity, the stress, the yang, the masculine inside of us is very dominant. And so we can notice that it gives us tendencies of drying out or overheating. We can experience emotions such as frustration. And we can notice as well that our intention of the procedure and the way we do things might be missing due to this high intensity. We're not doing things with reflection of how can I turn my attention where I want it to be in order for my energy to go there. I would be more reactionary, let's say, in how I function in those moments. And so that lack of intention and therefore often sticking to a routine, let's say, can also kind of make us feel just not in our bodies, not embodied, not incorporated. And they can also be, of course, the opposite, which would happen at other times, let's say, of seasonal trans transitioning, as I spoke of last week, where the opposite has taken over and we get stagnant and we lack of motivation, where we go a little bit too easy with the flow, we can say, or maybe we lack a little bit of discipline in those moments. We might even put on weight and maybe different fluids in our body aren't circulating as well. When we go through these changing moments and we notice what I've just described there, ourselves already being maybe out of balance because not really listening to the procedure of rituals that we want to take on in order to create the best scenario possibly, 
what we, what we mean to do then is to balance the vata dosha. And we can also simply say to soothe the nervous system. Vata is so light and sensitive that when it is in balance, it's really the light shining through. It's the guru inside of us. And when it's out of balance, well, it's the scared and hungry five-year-old instead. When we go from one climate to the next, from one season to the next, without using these rituals that Ayurveda, for instance, has given us, we notice imbalances coming on. So each and one of the doshas are, of course, active at different times during the year, which will therefore affect us. The imbalances occurs not only due to the movement, but of course, the different changes in temperature or humidity, for instance. Depending on what the changes are, we associate them with one of the doshas. And it's not actually as simple as saying, that summer is pita, winter is kapha, and then the rest would be vata. The more you become attuned with the subtle changes of the doshas in nature, the easier it becomes to adjust your internal environment to them in order to lower the disturbance. So when we go from winter to spring, there's a time where it's still cold, but the wind has gotten a little bit drier. This lightens the air, but also melts the ice. The water in the atmosphere rises, and it's a combination of both kapha and vata before vata then becomes dominant in full spring. And that means that we need to heat up, at the same time calm the movement that is going on. Now, especially when we suffer from seasonal changes, this becomes very important. In summer, it's warm, maybe humid, pita is dominant, and maybe it's so humid that we feel a certain heaviness, like a kapha presence as well. But as the summer goes deeper towards autumn, the heat begins to really dry out right? The air, the, the water from the air. And you can even notice it on your skin that becomes sunburned and drier. So then from that time in the summer, we progressively move towards autumn. Pita is still there. It needs to be calmed. But Vata is activated again because it's begun to rise. So the dry and light in the atmosphere, we could almost... Just lift and fly. We move then into autumn and the sun lowers in the sky. Progressively the cold begins to come back. Vata is definitely dominant again. Dry, light, cold and very sharp winds belong to this time. And so that's of course why we try to compensate and we can look into different cuisines in the world where these kind of climates are, we will find creamier, heavier root vegetable stews, for instance, as opposed to in that heat of the summer where most places would promote light, 
even maybe raw things to eat, sweet things, full of water. Now the closer we move to winter, the heavier the atmosphere becomes again because it's become colder. So the humidity rises again. Kapha is taking on dominance. And when that happens, we tend to become heavier as well. We might even become more stagnant over winter. And of course, if we then notice this, that we become attuned with it, we create a ritual around that with an intention, with a sankalpa. We might install a new routine where there's more movement, where there's more heat created inside so that we can dry out some of that humidity dampness inside the bodies by becoming really physically active. I am so grateful that you have chosen to give me some time of your day to listen to this episode. Now, this is all done on my free time. There's no money involved in this podcast. So if you would like to support me somehow, I would love for that to happen. And you could do that by simply rating and reviewing. So what that means is that if you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can simply give me five stars review and you can give me a commentary. Obviously, if you feel that it deserves it. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy the listening. So all of this I've spoken about today is to introduce to you that which in Ayurveda is called Ritucharya. I've spoken about Dinacharya in the past, which was the daily routine. And Ritucharya is the seasonal routines. And why do I speak to you about the seasonal routines? Well, it is in order to stay balanced, to focus on balancing the vata dosha. But more than that, in order for you to actually intentionally create a balanced state of your mind, to deal with the levels of anxiety that you would naturally tend towards if you allowed for your already dysregulated nervous system of the world we live in to just roll into. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being 
on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste. Mm-hmm.